And in our study, we have been looking at God's person and seeking to be refreshed and reminded of his person and his position as God. And therefore, we looked at God in his different attributes and essence and nation, nation uh, essence and all of that. Now, having said that, and keeping that in mind, we shared his presence, God's wonderful ever-presence. He's always present. Everything is in the presence of God. Not God is in the presence of everything. Difference. Everything is in the presence of God. Not God is in the presence of everything. So, <clears throat> we did that. That's very important because there's nowhere at any time that we can be out of his presence. No matter where we go, above, below, doesn't matter. There is no way to be out of his presence. That's good to know, his wonderful presence. Now, so now we want to look at and remind ourselves of his power. God, in it, we're in your presence, and you're infinite, infinite. That means there's no measurements. You're beyond any, the word, there's no English, there's no human word to talk about you. Great, beyond, transcendence, there's no words. And God, everything is in your presence. And you have awesome power, power, obviously. Everything is finite in the light of your infiniteness. All, the universe is a finite expression of your person. So, looking at your wonderful omnipotence, omni, remember all and every and potent, power, power, powerful, having unlimited power, and so now, here we are going to look, if we can, to go at the end of the Bible, God's Word, and chapter 19, and picking up, if I can, uh, in verse 6, verse 6. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, what is all of that about? Hallelujah. Why? For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. The Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Omnipotence. God's awesome person, presence, is all-powerful. So there's nothing no one in any way, shape, or form that is competitive. God is all-powerful, obviously. Now, having said that and keeping that in mind, if you would, he has the ability, the power, the force, the might, the authority. He's all-powerful, sovereign. Now, back over to the beginning. That's the end of the Bible. Now go back over to the beginning, over to all, all kinds of places. We'll just go to easy place, uh, Genesis, 
Genesis if I can. And Genesis chapter 17, and you will know, please, in chapter 17, picking up in verse 1. And when Abram, Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. I am the almighty God. And the word, the first two letters, ale, is the word for God. And then you add to it almighty, if you did, shaday, and shaday is the word strength. A mighty one, a strong one, a hero, powerful, powerful, a powerful one. God, the mighty God. God, the mighty, most powerful one. That you got it. Now, so, so, in the beginning, with all Adam and Eve and all of that, what did they know? And having a sense, a wonderful sense of God, his presence, and they had a sense of his power. And they, and God is always reminding them of his power. So when we read in like in chapter 17, verse 1, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. So since I am the almighty God, the only God, I have all power, all power. There's no nothing lacking. So God, if we look to you and we understand your presence and you are powerful, there is no power greater than you. And you are powerful based on your infiniteness, based on your perfection. So God, whatever the power is about you, it involves your ever-presence and your perfection that you're infinite. So the power has to be infinite. We don't understand. So we're going to use the word almighty Almighty, all-powerful, the all-powerful one. Now, God, how did the early beginning, how did they get along with you? How were they supposed to enjoy and practice your presence? Therefore, uh, Abram was to what? Know that I am, verse 1, the Almighty God. Over to chapter 28. And we're just looking at it to see how do the early believers, how do they get along with God? What was the thing that kept them in line? It was his power, his awesome power. And you don't, you don't mess with that. You don't fool around with that. That's all power. So chapter 28, again, if I can. And picking up, please, uh, in verse 3. And here we hear Jacob. Now, Jacob, uh, you're going to be encouraged along the journey. I am, he said. In verse 3. And God, and God Almighty, bless thee and make thee fruitful 
and multiply thee, why, that thou mayest be a multitude of people. So Jacob, Isaac, what are you going to tell him? May, what did you know about him? I knew he was, he's the Almighty One. What do you need to know, Jacob? You better know who you're talking to and who you're walking in front of. He is Almighty God. He's the all-powerful one. Awesome power. Awesome. Over to chapter 35. And in chapter 35, Jacob, sliding along, you'll remember, I'll do verse 10 for a little context. And God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall, shall not be called any more Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called then his name Israel. And God said unto him, what, what, did, what about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob? What are you saying all the time, God? What do we need to know about you? Verse 11, God said unto him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation, a company of nations shall be, be, shall be of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. Now, now, how can any of, well, because I, God, you're going to say something, but before you say it, you remind us what? I am almighty. I am all-powerful. So whatever I'm going to tell you, I'm quite able to do. So listen to me. When I say something to you, I'm able to do it. Hang on to that. Now, <clears throat> having said that, over in chapter 43. And in chapter 43, picking up if I can, in thought, uh, well, maybe go a little further than that. Uh, chapter, oh, verse 14. Now here's, here's them, here's the Jacob and Israel and all, and uh, that. Verse, verse 13. Take also thy brother, your brother, and rise, go again unto the man. And God Almighty give you mercy before the man, that he may send away your other brother and Benjamin. If it, if, and if I be bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. So here they are, here's Joseph and his Benjamin, and here they are, and uh, in the process... Uh, what are you looking for as you send a message? Verse 14, I'm looking for God Almighty to give you mercy. Who can give you mercy for your journey? How are you going to retrieve Benjamin, etc.? God Almighty has to do it. If he isn't there, there is no mercy apart from God Almighty. God is able to do exceeding abundant above all that we ask or think. So now, having said that, keeping that in mind, chapter 48. Remember, they went to Egypt, etc. Chapter 48, because of the famine. 
Isaiah 48, sliding down to verse 3. And Jacob said unto Joseph, now he's in the land, he sent message to, the, to Joseph to be merciful, and now he's in the land. Chapter 48, verse 3. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. Now, and he's going to talk to him. But what are you going to say, Jacob? I'm going to tell him about God. About God. He's in Egypt with Pharaoh who thinks he's God. Now, I'm going to tell him about God. God's the one I'm, I'm dealing with, said Jacob. And so, therefore, you have to understand, if God told me something, all I'm doing is telling you who said it and who's going to do it. So, so if you don't mind, Joseph, I may be your father, but I want you to know uh, it's God that makes it all work. He's omnipotent. He's almighty. Sliding over, if I can, to chapter 49. And again, looking, if I can, these are the tribes, the blessing, the blessing of Jacob on the 12 tribes. And here we're going to go to, if I can, a straight way to Joseph. Joseph, Jacob is blessing Joseph. And when I come to verse 25, even by the God of thy father, who shall help thee, and by the Almighty, who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven, above blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the beast and of the womb. So God says to Jacob, I am, to, to Joseph I should say, uh, and by way of God is able to be, is going to be a blessing to you. And Jacob and Joseph was truly that. And when you go over to chapter 50, chapter 50, keeping that in mind, and in verse 19, And Joseph said unto them, his brothers, that are all concerned, because they, they're the ones that sent him into captivity under the Egyptians, Fear not, why not? For I am in the place of God. But as for me, as for you, you thought, you thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good. To bring to pass as it is this day, to save much people alive. And that's why Israel is able to stay there 400 years and become a great nation in the sense of numbers, numbers, lots and lots and lots of people, over two million and a half, ultimately. Now, having said that, with all of, and so the, here's the Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. They all enjoy, and they're all moved and motivated by God. And what aspect of God? Because he's all-powerful. He's almighty. So when he says things, you sort of stand up at attention and listen. Because who said that? God did. Who's God? He's the almighty God. If God said it, 
He certainly can do it and will do it. And that's the message, the main message. Now, over to Exodus chapter 6. Exodus in chapter 6, picking up in thought. And you know, God is going to, God's the almighty God. And chapter 6, his God telling Israel, they're going to have a unique relationship to God. And now God's all-powerful. They, you, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, you got that? I do. But... You guys are going to know God's omnipotence in a very special way. Chapter 6, verse 3. I'll read verse 2 even. God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob as the Almighty, by by the name of God Almighty. That's That's how they all knew me. They knew what I said, I did, because I'm almighty. Verse 3, but by my name Jehovah, Yahweh, Jehovah, was I not known to them. They didn't really talk about me that way. No, they didn't really understand that. But they sure understood almighty. No one can miss I'm all the Almighty God. But when it comes to Jehovah, ah, that's a little different. That by the name Jehovah was I not known to them. And God, you're going to establish a covenant based on your name, Jehovah. And and sliding down, sliding down, you're going to go, and what does that entail? What are the benefits of knowing your name? Almighty, your Jehovah, Yahweh, God. Uh Uh-huh. Verse 6. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, I will bring you out, I'm the Lord, Jehovah, Yahweh, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I'll redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgment. So God said, listen, I am going to go and take you out of Egypt to Mount Sinai and etc., etc. Verse 7, I will take you to me for a people and I will be to you a God and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you up out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Now you're going to, who did that? The Almighty God is the one that moved you out of Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, took care of the Egyptian army in the Red Sea, the God, the Almighty One. But you need to know the Almighty One is going to have a very special relationship to you. Not just being God Almighty, he's going to be Jehovah. He's going to have a covenant contract. He's going to have a personal relationship to you as no other nations, no other nation. He's going to have that. That needs to be understood, a little head. Now, therefore, 
verse 8. I will bring you in unto the land concerning the which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for an heritage. I am the Lord. Now, God, you're going to do all of these things. Absolutely. That's what I'm going to do. So it isn't just knowing. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. And that's because I have a very special relationship by way of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Moses. I'm going to have a very special relationship to you in a very special way. So therefore, over to Deuteronomy and uh, chapter 3 for a moment. Deuteronomy chapter 3 and in verse 24. I'll read verse 23. And I besought the Lord at that time, saying, O Lord God, thou hast begun to show thy servant thy greatness and thy mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth that can do according to thy works and according to thy might. There's no one that can do what you do. Now, God, you made a covenant, you made a promise, and, you're go- and fulfilled it. You're going to fulfill it. And Moses knew that. God is going to fulfill his promise. God said it. He's all-powerful. He's almighty. And there's no one. There's no one else except God. Now, back over, if you would, in your Bible, in the light of all we're looking at here, over to O, O to why not? Exodus chapter six. I hate jumping ahead. Over to Ruth chapter one. Ruth in chapter one. slide, I was going to go ahead further, but let me just. Ruth in chapter 1. Remember Ruth, Naomi, going back to Bethlehem, the famine, and the all alone, left alone. The men all died. And Ruth chapter 1, verse, verse, oh, verse 20. Well, and she said unto them, Call me, this is Naomi now, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, which is bitterness. For, why, why Naomi? For the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. God took away my husband, took away the, my sons-in-laws, did all of this, left me with nothing. Now, God, the Almighty, did this to me, and I'm bitter. And remember now, she's going to go back uh, and verse 21. I went out full, and the Lord brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? The Almighty. God, you did what you did to, to Naomi, etc., in order to get Ruth back to the land, in order to get Ruth to be with Boaz, 
in order to be with Boaz, in order to get Jesse, in order to get David. <laughs> How are we going to get David? Got to have a David. Got to have a David. And you're going to go one, two, three, and you move him. Because you're almighty. <laughs> you're all powerful. So God, you say something, and you do it. That's what I do. Wow. Over, if you would, please, in the light of that, and go over to the book of Job. And in Job, oh, chapter 29. In Job 29, picking up, please, uh, in verse 5. Now, remember, here's Job. And by the way, without looking at all of it, the word almighty, all-powerful, is 31 times in Job. Now, Job's way back with Abraham, remember. Abraham here, Job's here, right in here. So, you understand then, what did Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, what were they, what, how did God move them? By the fact that he is almighty, all omnipotent. That's what, how he moved. Job, you live then. And Job says, listen, in, in writing, 31 times. Almighty. Over and over again. You guys all know what about God? Job and your three friends? God in whose presence we are is almighty. And boy, that makes a difference to us, to them, in a most wonderful way. And uh, chapter 29, verse 5. And when the Almighty was yet with me, when my children were about me, uh, remember this is Job's blessing. Job had all of the blessing. Before all of this happened, I'll read verse 2 to give you a little flavor of it. Oh, that I were, as in months past, before all this happened to me, as in the days when God preserved me, when, the candle, when his candle shined upon my head, and when by his high uh, light I walked through darkness, as I was in the days of my youth, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle, my tent, my body. When the Almighty was yet with me, when my children were about me. So everything was great until God, in his wonderful providence management, like for Ruth, he went and uh, he did a wonderful work in Job's heart because Job was God's man. And God raises us up. God doesn't want us to stay dumb and stupid. God wants us to grow and know. So we appreciate. We, we're going to do it in the morning message if we ever live that long. Uh, perhaps the Lord will keep us, you know, on God. Why on earth are you elected? Is that a good read? I wouldn't elect some of you. See? Why are you elected? I'm going to do that in a wonderful way. <laughs> See? Wonderful. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Now, so, here's Job, Job, over, if you would, uh, in chapter 33. And in Job 33, picking up, please, uh, in verse 4. You'll pick it up. And the Spirit of God hath, this is when they were very conscious of God, 
the Spirit of God hath made me. So who did mom and dad know? No, they gave me a body, but God made me. And the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. And he breathed into me the breath of life. And here I am, said Job. God did it. God did it. That's right. He's the Almighty God. Wow. Wow. The breath of God in a most wonderful way. And while you're here, look at chapter 32 and slide over previous chapter just to pick up the thought. Chapter 32 and going, if I can, to verse 8. But, but there is a spirit in man and the inspiration, the breath, the breathing, the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. God, back over to chapter 33, verse 4, the breath of the Almighty, breath of the Almighty hath given me life. It gives me understanding. God, are you able to do what you say? Absolutely. And Job, are you very conscious of that? He is. And that's why he goes down the corridor and finishes the journey and hangs in there. He doesn't leave God. He doesn't get depressed, discouraged in the sense of quitting. He doesn't do that. He keeps looking to God. And he isn't looking to get cured, remember. He isn't trying to get better. (laughs) He's trying to understand. There's a difference. He's trying to understand what's happening. That's all. Oh, get, help me get feel better. No, it isn't about me. I want to know, God, about you. What do you want me to understand? Well, chapter 42. Uh, excuse me, 40. 42 is fine. Uh, chapter 40. And picking up, please, uh, in oh, verse 1. Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall he that contendeth is going to have a little debate. Contendeth with the Almighty, instruct him. He that reproveth God, let him answer it. Are we going to be able to discuss God? No, we're going to learn from you. That's why we think of Psalm uh, Job 38. You're going to ask, what, a hundred questions to Job? And can you answer them? No. I can't answer one of them, said Job. That's what God said, I want you to understand. You aren't quite as smart as you think you are. Not that he thinks he's smart, and he is. No, not that at all. Nope, God, and therefore God said, listen, you listen to me. I am almighty. I am omnipotent. You don't argue. You listen and believe and do. Now, so now, having said that, and keeping that in mind, if you would, about Job, and Job's awesome, wonderful person in a most wonderful way. Over, if you would please now, to O, over to O, Ezekiel. And in Ezekiel, oh, chapter 10, and picking up our thought, chapter 10, and in verse 15. 
Well, yeah. In the process. In the process. You need to go back to Ezekiel chapter 1. Ezekiel chapter 1. Hold the finger there. Ezekiel chapter 1. Picking up, please. Oh, in verse 26. Remember, Ezekiel is encouraged in the light of God. And he's looking at, he's in the Babylonian captivity. He's in Babylon. And the, he's trying to remind the people uh, that uh, God has sent them to Babylon, as you know from our study in Jeremiah. And there they are. Now, so therefore, but here's Nebuchadnezzar, here's all of the Gentiles in power. And Ezekiel needs to be encouraged. Isaiah, in chapter 6, Isaiah chapter 1, 6, 1. Isaiah is encouraged by what? He looks up, his, King Isaiah, Isaiah died, he's a good guy, and Jeremiah was looking at him, and, and Isaiah dies, and, and uh, excuse me, Isaiah is looking at him, and Isaiah has to look up to God, and God's glory fills everything in heaven, the earth, his glory. And God is everywhere, Isaiah. That's right. And that's in that context. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. George, God is right here, but God is everywhere. God is in Babylon. God is in Jerusalem. God is there. Be encouraged, Isaiah. And he is. And that's the context, you know, where God says, who, will, who can I send in my name? Jeremiah and Isaiah says, here am I, well, send me. It's in that context. But Ezekiel, over to chapter 1, where you're looking, verse 26, there is no, it isn't very encouraging, but they, Ezekiel must not forget God is there. And they need to understand God isn't any less God. Verse 26, chapter 1, Ezekiel. And above the firmament, think of a big arch over your head, uh, that was over their heads, was the likeness of a throne as the appearance of, of, a, of, a, of a sapphire stone. And upon the likeness of the throne, of likeness of the throne was the likeness of the appearance of man upon it. So here's a throne, and here's a, a man. So what are you seeing, Ezekiel? I see the heavens and the throne and God. So when you're looking up and you see everything going on on earth, but God's still sitting there, isn't he? God's still on the throne. Think of Hebrews chapter 1. That's what's wonderful God gave, God gave a throne, and the Lord sits on it forever. He sits in that throne. Be encouraged, Hebrews. Now, back over if I can. That's where we're going anyway, uh, in the process. Oh, for time's sake, over to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. We lost a little bit, but that's all right. Psalm 91. All I'm trying to do is get you to see, 
You can't read your Bible about reading without coming to grips with the fact that God is almighty. And he lets everyone know it. The trouble is, people don't know it. They don't read. They don't pay attention. They miss it. That's why we're doing it, to remind ourselves. Otherwise, we're trying to work our little life out. And God, we're trying to do it all by our lonesome. And we do it, no question. But God, I sure hope you can help me. (laughs) Now, Psalm 91. And you know it, wonderful. He, verse 1, he that, dwelleth, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, shall, has to abide on that throne, think of Ezekiel on the throne, sitting there, and his God, his Ezekiel down in Babylon, and looking up, now God, here we are looking, Psalm 91, in the secret place. We're looking, God, at your throne, your most high God. And what are we going to do? We abide, we find our home, we find our position under the shadow of the Almighty, the omnipotent God. So how can you be in his presence without understanding he's almighty, he's omnipotent in a most awesome, awesome, wonderful way? Over now to 2 Corinthians. And in 2 Corinthians, if I can, 2 Corinthians 0 and chapter 6, and picking up the flavor of it, uh, and uh, why not? Verse 14, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. But what fellowship? But what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? What concord agreement hath Christ with Belial, the devil, evil idols? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel, an unbeliever? Verse 16, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? And then the punchline to make it clear, for you are the temple of the living God. That's, you have to understand your position. And when God took over in your house, you became holy ground. So you just can't do the same old thing and say the same old thing and be the same old thing and go the same, everything. You can't do it the same. Why? Because the one in you, isn't, that isn't what he does. And that isn't where he goes. And that isn't what he says. You don't do that. You don't do that. No, nope, not anymore. You're a temple of, but if I don't think that. And we did that. Anyway, we did that a little bit at the conference. But now, so verse 16, What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing. And what? I will receive you, and will be 
a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord, the Almighty. I'm the Almighty One, and you'll belong to me. You'll belong to me in a special way, and you can't have better than that because you belong to the Almighty One, the All-Powerful One, who says and does whatever needs to be said and done. He does it. Wow. Now, over, keeping that in mind, I, um, Revelation. Revelation chapter 1. We, we started with that. Revelation 19, but now going back to it. Revelation chapter 1. Now God... Verse, uh, verse, verse 8, 1-8. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is, which was, which is to come, all during forever, without ceasing, without interruption. I am the Almighty One. I am the Almighty. That's what I am. You need to know that. Chapter 4. So as you're reading, God, you're going to do what you do? Absolutely. So in chapter 4, picking up please, uh, in verse 8. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest, and they rest not day and night. They rest not. No more sleep. They rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. God, you are forever, forever, Almighty God, forever and ever and ever. Revelation chapter 19 again. In Revelation chapter 19, picking up in thought, Oh, pick up and even thought to get the you get the idea in verse six. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude and the voice of mighty thunders, saying, "Almighty, Hallelujah!" For the Lord God omnipotent, there's your little word, omnipotent, Almighty, reigneth. God, and we read that at the beginning. Now, slide over where you're here, though, to verse fifteen. And out of his mouth, out of his mouth, a great coming at the second coming of Christ. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, and with it he should smite the nations, and shall rule them with a rod of iron. He treadeth the winepress of the fierceness, fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Now God, when he comes... What are you going to do? Second coming, I'm going to be almighty, omnipotent. I always am omnipotent. I'm going to be all-powerful. And so therefore, all the things that are going to happen are surely going to happen. And to say they can't happen, uh, think of uh, uh, Revelation 6 and that. I'm going to open the heaven. Here's all the stars up there, up there, and the world's spinning around, the moon and the sun, and God's going to open it up like this. 
and then said, I'm going to talk to you all down there. <laughs> that's sobering, isn't it? I think that's sobering. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. Let me say something to you. <clears throat> now, th- and that's the wrath of God going to be demonstrated. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> you say, I can't. Oh, yes, I can. If you're almighty, and we understand that, boy, God, you said it, it's going to be. Now, hang on to that. So here's God's wonderful omnipotence. And he's all-powerful, he's able, he's able for anything, he has the authority for anything. He's not limited by anything at all. And God has all the power to be consistent and infinite, and infinite perfection in what he does. So having unlimited ability and capacity is God. God can do all that he will. God doesn't do all that he can. He doesn't do all that he can. He made the universe with all the, he threw the stars out after he created the little ball earth, and then he threw all the stars out around it, galaxies, threw them all out like that. Now God could create 10 more universes like that. But he doesn't tell us he has. He just created this one. This is his one. It isn't that he can't do it. That's the thing of the the query, a little boy saying to his mother, can God make a rock? We shared it the other day. Can God go and make a rock big enough that he can't lift it? That come out all right? Can God make a rock he can't lift? No, because every rock he makes is finite, and he's infinite. So when you're all done, you're always infinite, and everything is but an expression of your almightiness, of your power, wonderful, wonderful power. And, and with that, I'm going to have to stop. I hope you got a little bit. Just remember the rock. Now, there's no problem that you create that God can't take care of. How's that? Anyway, thank you for that.